Good morning. Welcome to worship here at St. Luke's. For those of you who don't know me and are wondering who this tall, handsome stranger is in front of you, this would be Pastor Elliot. I'll be leading the service today. Normally I'm over at the Haven at 9.30, but Pastor Tig and I have swapped today. So they get a different tall, handsome stranger today, and you get me. It's wonderful. Pastor Arp has our message today, and we look forward to that. We encourage you to text your attendance to the number that's on the screen just by texting 930 to that number or use the app on your phone. Recording your attendance actually does help us, especially with our planning as we go forward. Now, last week in our sermon series, which is Walk with Jesus, Paul, St. Paul urges us to put to death our sinful nature. And this week he urges us instead to put on behaviors of our redeemed nature, for our walk with Jesus is also a walk with each other. We look forward to our message today. We begin after the ringing of the bell. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore speak to you his words, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. pray. Merciful Lord, cleanse and defend your church by the sacrifice of Christ. United with him in holy baptism, give us grace to receive with thanksgiving the fruits of his redeeming work and daily follow in his way. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 23. And here God condemns the spiritual leaders of Israel for misleading his people. Instead of warning the people concerning their sins, they have allowed them to slide into idolatry and immorality. Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can, I, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who, prof and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat? declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson today is from Colossians chapter 3, and this text is the basis for today's message. Here Paul writes, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand to honor the person and work of our Lord and Savior as recorded in the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Here in this gospel lesson, Jesus expresses a deep desire to accomplish our salvation by going to the cross. The depth of Christ's commitment to us forces us now to decide what is most important in our lives. Jesus said, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning, as you just heard, is the reading from Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Well, it's been six weeks since I was able to stand here in this pulpit, and this week I was afraid that I might have actually forgotten how. Three weeks of travel, thank you very much for giving me that opportunity, then a week of COVID when I got back, and then of course, as the vicar cleverly pointed out last week, being able to dodge that messy text that I gave to him about putting off the old self and all of its selfish desires and its bad behavior that follows. Now, often times when I'm working on what to say to you all, ideas will come to me when I'm, when I'm just waking up in the morning. So I start thinking about the text and, and trying to decide whether, whether to get out of bed, and a, and a thought will, will strike me. And I've discovered that sometimes it's the Holy Spirit prompting my semi-conscious mind helpful to kind of pay attention at that moment. So, I woke up Friday morning thinking about this tug-of-war tension between our old self and our new self, and an old golfing joke popped into my head. There was an avid golfer, we'll call him John, who never missed his weekly round of golf. As he go out to meet his buddy Joe one morning, they like to walk the course rather than take a cart. And, and for some reason, this round of golf takes unusually longer than the normal four to five hours it takes them to play 18 holes. And so being unusually late coming home, his wife has begun to worry. And when, when he finally gets home, she asks, what happened? To which John explains, well, everything was going great until we turned the corner at the ninth hole, but then when we were teeing off on number 10, Joe dropped dead of a heart attack. And from there on, it was hit the ball, drag Joe. <laughs> so I'll let you be the judge of whether that was from the Holy Spirit or not. But it struck me that walking with Jesus can seem like that. And when we come to faith, we believe in Jesus, we know that we're, we're supposed to put off the old self, put it to, to death, and to put on the new. But from that moment on, it's like hit the ball, drag Joe. The old self is like this old corpse that we have to drag around with us for the rest of our lives. Now, we heard about the old self last week, put to death, mortify, kill what is earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, put away the behaviors that follow after that selfish inward desire, things like anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Now, I would observe that there are two basic approaches to the old self. One that's very popular in our culture that was also popular in the Colossians culture is to simply indulge it. It's not really all that hard, people. Just do what comes naturally. The other 
is to try and religion it out of your life. And that can seem really hard. I need you to remember that there were some false teachers in Colossae telling them that they needed to buckle down, that they needed to follow some strict rules. They needed to even punish their own bodies to try and keep the old self in line. Religion says do more, try harder, and you'll conquer the brokenness of your life. Except that the old self is a bit like the carnival game whack-a-mole. Every time you hit him down over here, he pops up over there, and you never quite catch up. Which led Paul to lament in his letter to the Romans, the good that I would, that I do not, and the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. No, the truth is that the old self will not go away until you either die Or Jesus comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And yet, at the same time, there is a powerful new self that now exists in you side by side with the old self. Now, here is a portrait of what a fully human, human being actually looks like. Supremely confident because in Christ you're chosen. That means the one and only triune God creator of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, touched you in the water of your baptism and said, all your sins are forgiven. I choose you. This one belongs to me. To be holy means to be set apart for a special purpose. Look, there's, there, there's only one of you. Every one of you is an unrepeatable miracle of God. Every one of you has a part to play in God's grand scheme of making the world right again, of bringing his kingdom back as the only reality that exists. Will there be no more sin and no more sickness or pain or death for the old order of things will have finally passed away and the new will have come permanently. To be holy is to know and to play your part in that work. And beloved, well, let me just remind you that that's the word that God the Father spoke at Jesus' baptism that he now speaks to to you. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Chosen, holy, and beloved. Beloved. There is now present in you the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit bringing five virtues. This is not an exhaustive list, but for the purposes of Paul's argument, bringing five virtues to conquer the five twisted inner compulsions that drive the five destructive outward expressions of the old self that we heard last week. These are gifts. This is the the fruit of the Spirit which is supplied in unlimited quantity and at your disposal continuously. Look, compassionate hearts 
Look, the heart in the Bible is the functional center of your identity. Your heart is what drives everything else. Your thoughts, your words, your actions, your attitudes. And compassion, compassion is what comes when you are so confident and so content in who you are in Christ that you can stop contemplating your own navel long enough to look around and see others the way Jesus did. The Gospel of Matthew reports that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Compassion, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he taught them about God's kingdom, about the world being put right, even now through faith in him, and he healed their bodies. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit that I often leave unpicked in my life. I've told you all this story before, but it is burned into my memory, so hear it again. When one of the grandchildren was two years old, I was playing the Who Loves You game with her. You remember? Who loves you? Mommy does, Daddy does, Jesus does, Nana does, the dog does. But there was no Papa in that list. And so I asked, what about Papa? Doesn't Papa love you? And she looked me square in the eye and she said, no, Papa's mean. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. You see, I'm prone to what I call Eeyore-itis. You remember Eeyore from the Hundred Acre Woods? Well, it's not much of a tale, but it's the only tale I've got. And that sour attitude infects my facial expressions and especially my tone of voice. As my old self seeks to drag others down with it. Look, humility, I mean, whoever first said it summed it up perfectly. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Meekness, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is being so confident, so secure in your identity and your purpose in Christ that you can remain calm and poised even when things are falling apart around you. And patience I remembered back to chapter 1 where Paul paired patience with endurance and a comment that I had read then struck me about those two words that, that endurance is the ability to face seemingly impossible situations. And patience is the ability to face seemingly impossible people. At the end of the reading last week, Paul had a a list of very diverse folks that were probably present in the Colossae congregation. Greek or Jew, they were ethnically different. Circumcised or uncircumcised, they were religiously different. Barbarian, Scythian, they were culturally different. Slave, free, they were socially different. And yet he declared that all such differences are embraced in Christ. So why can't we just get along? 
To which our lesson today gives a very practical answer. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Now if only... If only I could find exactly the right words and images to inspire and to intrigue you with the possibility of what you are capable of in Christ and what we could together accomplish. If I could only awaken your hearts to the power of life in Christ. If I could show you a living, breathing example of what such a person would look like, what they would act like what they would speak like. If I could show you the nobility and the integrity of such a life that it would set your heart on fire to want to be more and more like that. But wait. That's exactly what we have. Jesus is the exact manifestation of what the new self is capable of in this fallen, broken world. And for two chapters, Paul has been describing the irreducible supremacy of Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. By him were all things made. In him all things hold together. In him all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And now listen, making peace by the blood of his cross. Consider again this morning the claim of the cross. That Jesus took those five sin-twisted inner compulsions that drive the five destructive outward expressions of the old self and he carried them to the cross where they were put to death. So that now none of those can control or overpower us. By his resurrection from the dead, Jesus now bestows on you, bestows on me the power to stop, <laughs> to change to say no, to put to death the old self, to do next week differently than you did this past week. How? Look, do you remember back to the very beginning of this sermon series, this phrase, faith, active in love, built on hope? Faith is simply believing that Jesus is who he says he is and that he's done what he claims to have done. So hear it again today. You are forgiven. You're born again. You are made new. And that feeling in your chest is the Holy Spirit massaging your heart to say it again. I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, and in the Holy Spirit. That faith is built on the certainty, the Bible calls it hope, 
that the kingdom of God, which is the world put right, people transformed into compassionate, kind, humble, meek, patient people with their eyes fixed on the day when Jesus will come again and make our new self, my new self, your new self permanent once and for all. That's the hope that inspires us forward and becomes active in love. Paul said it last week, put on the new self, which is continuously being renewed in knowledge. And that knowledge is the deep, personal, intimate relationship of the face-to-face presence of God. That's what's happening. That's what's happening here in this worship this morning. Now, you see this verse? All the pronouns in that verse are plural. Here's the Southern translation. Let the peace of Christ rule in all y'all's hearts. So that that peace in you, it, well, let me read it again because I lost it. Let the peace of Christ rule in all y'all's hearts to which all y'all were called into one body. Walking with Jesus, my friends, is not a solo act. This is what we're working on here at St. Luke's. We're awakening hearts to the power of life in Christ. And it's not rocket science. Paul sums it up in three words. Teaching, admonishing, oh, and my favorite, singing. The word of Christ is the story of the Bible. It's creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Teaching is letting it become so well ingrained into you that that story becomes the lens by which you look at everything from your daily to-do list to the national and the world news. Admonishing is having people alongside of you walking with Jesus to call you back when you wander off. And singing, well, you all know how I feel about singing. And I'd like for you to note in this verse that it's not a suggestion, it's actually a command. I typed into Google, how does singing affect the brain? And as usual, there were a thousand pages of research on the power and the benefits of singing. According to just one website, singing will boost your immune system, release your stress, benefit your heart, increase your energy, improve your memory, and foster clear thinking through correct breathing. Man, why don't you just give it a try and see whether the Holy Spirit doesn't come rushing in to embolden you to the new self that is in you. In a book that I'm reading, the main character, who's the hero of the story, is praised for his ability to learn rapidly and adapt to the changing, often dangerous circumstances he finds himself in. That ability, the narrator of the story explains like this. He, the main character, had the basic trust that he could learn. And then the narrator went on and said, it is shocking how many people do not believe they can learn. 
and how many more people believe learning to be difficult. This character, this hero, knew the secret, now listen, that every experience, every interaction, every success, and every failure carried its own lesson. Now look at the last verse. There are many of you who are caught in the old self, new self struggle, which we are all inescapably caught in, who do not believe that you can learn to live the new self life. And there are many others who believe that such learning is just too difficult. The book of Colossians begs us that because Christ is all and is in all, that every experience, that every interaction, that every success and every failure carries a lesson in being and becoming more and more what we already are, dead to sin and alive in Christ. But we don't get to bury the old self until we die or Jesus comes again. In the meantime, it's hit the ball and dragged the corpse of the old self along teaching, admonishing, and singing, the new self is being renewed in us every day. And the old self keeps popping up here and popping up there. But you know what? You can start to see it more quickly. You can recognize it sooner. You can say to yourself, wait a minute, that's not the new me. And you can turn around and there you'll discover your heavenly father with his arms outstretched and a big fat smile on his face, proud of every baby step you take, coaxing you to walk with Jesus. Every experience, every encounter, every conversation that you have this week carries a lesson about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. Trust that you can learn, and you will. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in this true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Let's stand and confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We come now to our time of offering where we contemplate God's word that we have heard and consider our response. But as we do so, we also like to hear what is happening. We'd like you to know this week that we regularly raise support for Adopt-A-Student Scholarship Fund here at St. Luke's Lutheran School. And thanks to your generosity, St. Luke's has been able to create an endowment fund for that same purpose. Now once fully funded, we'll have the resources to support all the financial aid requests from deserving families. And this fund 
even though it's been in place for less than two years, has already grown to $500,000. Therefore, we stop. We pause now and we give you thanks for your generosity and your good stewardship. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, because of Jesus, you have chosen us and declared us to be holy and beloved in your sight. Strengthen us to daily put on the blessings of Christ in our lives so that whatever we do, we do in the name of our Lord Jesus. Lead us and aid us so that our words and deeds, indeed our entire lives, may continually declare his love to others. Lord, please bring healing and strength to those who are hospitalized or suffering from physical problems. Be with Gerald Bonchek, Jane Brooks, Joe Buxco, Lenny Carluccio, Roy Carter, Tom Elliott, Reverend Gerald Kovac, John McCloskey, Reverend Chris Patterson, Myrtle Paulson, Doris Rigdon, Perry Rose, Rebecca Smith, Bill Torbett, Diane Viadre, and Nancy Whitney. Guide their care through the hearts, minds, and hands of all that care for them. Lord, we ask that you would bring your comfort and peace to those who are grieving the death of their loved ones this day. Especially be with the family and friends of Gail Stalling at her death and for the family and friends of Reverend Noel Ols at his passing, and for Anna Fabry at the death of her fiancé, Lieutenant Evan Fitzgibbon. Fill them with your peace and the resurrection hope that we truly do have in Jesus Christ. Lord, bless our world mission partners. Today we pray for the Lutheran Church in Honduras and missionaries Pastor Junior Martinez and Tulio Meza, who are serving there. For Pastor Gusevs and our sister congregation, Sloka Lutheran Church in Latvia. For Pastor Shusky and Trinity Lutheran in Frankfurt, Germany. And for the Westfield House Lutheran Seminary in Cambridge, England. Continue to encourage and strengthen the work of the gospel in each of these places. Lord, marriage is your institution and something we celebrate this day. We ask that you would pour out your blessings on Pat and Lila Leupold as they celebrate their 43rd anniversary, and on Daryl and Bev Schrock as they celebrate their 65th anniversary. And bless the leaders of our government. Guide them and lead them in wisdom and humility. Watch over and protect all those who serve to protect us, especially our military forces along with firefighters, police, and emergency medical personnel who serve in our communities. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand? 
Having heard the word of the Lord, we now come to this portion of our service where we believe that Jesus comes to us in his body and blood, in, with, and under the bread and wine of Holy Communion. On the screens is a rite of preparation we encourage you to go through before receiving this meal. But if you have never been instructed in the meaning of this meal, or after going through this preparation you feel you are not prepared, please know that you are still encouraged to come forward and just cross your arms like this to receive a blessing. Alternatively, if you would like, you can remain in your seats. Welcome to the table of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of this, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul into life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Please stand. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Well, good morning once again. Just a few quick announcements before you leave this morning. The first is, of course, that we have prayer partners here on each side. So if there is something on your heart, mind that is burdening you, or you even have a prayer of thanksgiving, because I hear there's a new great-grandchild in the audience. All right. Come on up. Give a word of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord as well. We appreciate all the prayers that we get to share together with our Lord. Uh, You are invited to Coffee Fellowship through that door and over to the school cafeteria. Take a few minutes to come, share a cup of coffee or tea, and converse with one another. And also, our high school youth kickoff is tonight from 6 to 8 in the youth room. And we also want to touch base with the high school students' parents at 7.30 so they know what to expect in meeting rooms 1 and 2. Now, take a few moments, greet one another in Christ Jesus, for after all, you are brothers and sisters. We are family. Have a blessed week.